Welcome to On the Horizon with Mark, your host here, Mark Leathers. We've got a couple guests. We got a special guest for you tonight. Let's go this way around the room. My name is Jeremy Peterson. And always Brad Magden. Have you figured out who your dad is yet, Brad? Maybe. <laughs> All right, tonight we got Jeremy here, and Jeremy is into sporting clays. Yeah? Yep. Uh, what got you into sporting clays? Uh, what got me into sporting clays, Mark, I was a big uh, duck hunter and I wanted to basically uh, be able to shoot ducks a lot more efficiently than I was. So I got into sporting clays. It's the most realistic game for shooting game. Um, it's, it's a really fun sport that basically is just like hunting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's basically what got me into it. Um, never really had any family or anything that did it. Um, I basically found a place online, used Google, and started going. Had my grandpa's old 870 and started shooting sporting clays. So um, I started kind of later in life, more in my mid-30s. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't start hunting until I was in my late 20s. Um, so that's what got me into sporting clays. I just started shooting competition. Um, so. It's a definitely an interesting game that we'll get to talk about and get more into. Yeah, yeah. So let's. Uh, so you got into duck hunting first. Yes. So what got you uh, interested and turned on to duck hunting? Uh, basically, what got me interested in the duck hunting was my. So my family was hunters. We're originally from California. My dad was a big upland hunter. Hunted pheasants a lot. Um, my brother is the one who got me into duck hunting uh, more than anybody. Um, and I kind of fell in love with duck hunting, uh, you know, basically dog work and getting the ducks to decoy and calls. And, yeah. and that's basically what really expanded my, uh, I guess, me staying into the sport and, you know, carrying on and finding something else to do in the off time to, mm -hmm. to yeah. keep going with it. So, so what have you found in the, the, the correlation between the sporting clays and the duck hunting? How, how has that helped you? Um, it has helped me uh, immensely basically uh, you know the more you shoot of course with anything or the more you practice anything mm -hmm. the better yeah. you're gonna get at anything yeah um, that's just you know how life works um, you know you're probably gonna hear me a lot of compare this to baseball too because I'm a big baseball guy <laughs> um, you know that's definitely one of my passions also but uh, it's kind of a you know a cross between I would it's I call it my old man game too because <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to be playing baseball I'm yeah. pretty beat up from playing baseball but yeah. uh, uh, basically the correlation between the two is uh, you know there's a lot of uh, shots that you take or like decoying birds uh, you get a lot of crossing shots and stuff like that duck hunting ducks come from everywhere they come mm -hmm. in they come out they come from side to side yeah. You know, depending on wind, and uh, I hunt the Columbia a lot, so, uh, you know, it definitely is, it's always changing, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So, um, so I, I've never duck hunted before, so kind of run us through a basic setup when, of uh, what you do starting out for a duck hunt. Uh, so when, the, once you've already picked the area that you're, you're going to hunt. So the most important thing, you know, is basically figuring out wind direction. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, the ducks want to come into the wind to land wherever they're mm -hmm. coming. Yeah. So basically they will, you got to figure out where the wind is. You usually so, want to sit So your, they can kind of feather into the wind to use the wind to help them stop. Correct. So you usually want to basically put your decoys upwind so they will come into the upwind section and 
basically decoy in front of you. Mm -hmm. uh, the most important thing, of course, is scouting. As yeah. you all know, you all are big game hunters, yeah. so you know what that's oh, yeah. all about. Whether it's birds or big game, yeah, scouting is definitely a, a big factor in that. Yeah, and you know, hunting ducks and stuff's a little different than hunting big game because they're migratory birds. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, they come in usually with cold fronts or something like that. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, you never know what's going to be there because you could scout an area and a cold front could come in and it totally changes and brings more birds in. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's basically kind of the basics of duck hunting. I, you know, I love the dog work. I have a German wire hair pointer. Mm -hmm. um, that's what really got into it. And, you know, it's cool. As you guys know, hunting is basically spending time with your buddies or your family. And yeah. Yes. You know, getting a bullshit with everybody. So, I would say the most predominant dog that you hear of being used for duck hunting is a lab. Correct. Why do you have the, the German short hair? So, uh, basically, growing up, my dad had German short hairs uh, growing up because he did a lot of upland hunting. Mm -hmm. So, I ended up, my dog is actually a Deutsch Drahar, which is a German standard German wire hair. Um, she has all her German lineage. I have all of her lineage from the late 1900s. Um, the reason why I picked a German wire hair is they are a versatile hunting dog. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They can basically do anything. Water uh, or land. Yeah. She's like, compared to a, a lab, she's more of a Ferrari, where a lab's more of a, a Dodge Ram. <laughs> um, My dog resents those things. <laughs> but, Come from the Dodge guys. <laughs> but to be honest with you, to give... Give Brad love a lab will outdo my dog in the water any day of the week. So, so you'd say a lab is a better water dog? Yes, my dog wants to move all the time too. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, she wants she, she instead of just sitting there waiting, she wants to go out and move around and kick up birds and exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's a lot different. I'd say a lab is definitely a better waterfowl dog okay. than, than a German wire hair. But I also will say that comes into training too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, definitely training is big. Yeah. Big factor in dogs from what I know. Exactly. And, and, and yeah, I've heard a lot of guys talk about yeah they if you don't work with the dog it's gonna kind of do the basic kind of useless it's yeah. just a dog at that point yeah it's just just a house dog at that point yep it's a lot yeah. of work yeah all right so so you started out duck hunting and then mm -hmm. moved into that so take us through like a, a typical uh practice round of what you do how does that work of shooting sporting of shooting, clays? Of shooting sporting clays yeah so basically I belong to a club, it's called Mid Valley. It's down in Jervis, Oregon, which is by Salem. Mm -hmm. uh, a typical day for me to practice sporting, because I also shoot a lot of trap too at Portland Gun Club, just so you guys know that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, trap is not my favorite game compared to sporting clays, but uh, basically at Mid Valley they have a 15 hole course, I guess you'd say. It's, it's kind of like shotgun golf. Um, you know, we go shoot it. I shoot it usually with a couple buddies. A lot of times I'll take my dog. Um, but uh, so each place usually has four different shots. Each hole, I guess you would call it, um, has four different shots. Um, I've shot with master class shooters. I'm only a C class shooter, just so you guys know. I'm not a professional. So, so what, are, what, what are, before not we go yet. too far, what, break down the classes for us and how those work. So basically you start in D class. If that you, would be considered novice. Yeah, if you're an NSCA, if you which is National Sporting Clays Association, um, basically what you do is if you win tournaments, you get punches. Mm -hmm. So the more people that participate in a tournament, the more punches you can earn for winning said tournament. You can okay. also get punches for getting second or third if there's enough people in your class. Okay. 
Um, so basically you start out in D class. If you are not a very good shooter, you will move down to E class. Oh, really? And there's also a hunter's class too. And hunter's class is really good? Hunter's class <laughs> is actually one of the lower classes. Oh, it's all five. And it's also a lot of people that aren't registered. You don't have to be an NSCA member to do it. NSCA members basically just to get punches so you can move up. Yeah. Um, so basically, I just moved up to C class. I've only shot six tournaments. Okay. Um, so I got my six punches to move up. I'm shooting my first tournament tomorrow that I'll actually be in C class. Nice. So. Pretty excited? It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, it's definitely... It's fun because when you do shoot a tournament atmosphere with people, you're shooting with master class shooters, you're shooting with double A shooters, you're shooting with A shooters. So you're shooting with top tier people. Yeah. So, so are you the kind of person like as the competition gets better, it kind of pushes you to get better as well? Do you feel like you shoot better when you got better people Playing around up, you? Correct. Up to yeah. Skill level. Yeah. Correct. I, I, I'm the same way when not just doing regular activities when I'm doing something competitive. The next thing I know, it's like if I'm playing next to somebody who's really good, it 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 brings my focus in. It's like no, I can't get my ass kicked by this person. I have you know, and next thing you know, I'm playing cornhole. I never you know played cornhole like five times. Next thing you know, I'm just draining them. I'm totally the same way unless it's golf. Unless it's golf, yeah. Yeah, I seem to just get worse if people are better. And I I think if the higher competition too helps, could you actually get to see what they do? Mm -hmm. Kind of study. Um, I've Some shot of the techniques and stuff. Yeah, so I've been lucky to shoot with three master class guys, and two of the <coughs> I shot six tournaments, and three of my tournaments I got to shoot with master class guys. Nice. And it's just like any other sport. If you watch what they do, it's a whole different mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah. Now, I'm going to put this in the baseball aspect. I played a lot of baseball around this Portland area, and I played with guys that were drafted in the MLB. They're at a whole different level, mm -hmm. and oh, it's, yeah. it's, it really is. It's, they're a whole different level, and when you shoot with these guys, it's the same thing. But the best thing that I've learned from shooting is all these people want to help you get better. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, that's always yep. a great atmosphere to be around when people are willing to lend you the knowledge to get better. Not keep that knowledge to themselves because they want to beat you. Exactly. That, that's a real nice atmosphere to be in. I will be honest. I'm interested in the scoring of how sports shooting goes. On sporting plays? Yeah. So the, I'll kind of explain to you a little bit on how it works. So there's three, di there's three different styles of, of um, basically events you can go in. There's sporting plays, which you basically either shoot the same pair either three or four times at each station. So it'll be exactly the same two shots each time. It'll either be a report pair, which is you shoot one, and then after you shoot, the next one comes out, or it'll be a true pair, which they both come out at the, the same, same time. time. Okay. Either way, you're expected to shoot them and hit. Exactly. So you, you either shoot, like there's sometimes you shoot 50, sometimes you shoot 75, sometimes you shoot 100, and there'll be 150. Does it have to do with distance at all that you shoot them at? The points, as long as you kill it, none of it matters. So there's all different okay. distances. There's rabbits, which are basically targets that are on the ground. Uh -huh. There's all sorts of different target presentations. Um, so basically what you're trying to do is obviously hit them all yeah. and score the highest. So it doesn't matter how far it is. You don't get any more points. For distance. Yep, you don't get any okay. more points for hitting the clay. As long like, as you not, as long as you, now do they do like, 
half points if you break it in half, or is it as nope. long as you break it, it's you a long as you break it, it counts. It counts. Okay. Okay. If I take a little chip off of it, I broke it. So yes. it counts as one. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So basically there, that's sporting, and then there's fee task, which is you shoot your singles. So mm -hmm. you get two shots at each single you shoot, and you have to shoot from a low gun, so it's more hunting. There you put actually, what, what's low gun? So low gun, and they actually put a mark on your chest, and it's, I'm not sure what it is, Brad might have to look this up, but you, it's a certain like centimeters from your shoulder down to your chest. So you can't be full. Yeah, your gun has to, to be, be below it. Okay, so like, yeah, okay, so it, it can't be fully shouldered, it's gotta be low. Correct. Okay. All the other sports you can actually shoot. Full shoulder. Full shoulder. And you in FETAS, the gun actually has to be touching your body at some point too. Mm -hmm. And you cannot bring the gun up to your cheek till you see the target. Mm -hmm. So it's more like hunting. Yeah. And then there is something called super sport, which is what I'll be shooting tomorrow morning. And it's a cross between FETAS and sporting plays. So you basically get, you can pre-mount the gun if you want to. You could shoot your singles, you get two shots, and then you'll shoot your pairs. Okay. So that's basically the three different styles that I participated in in shooting yeah. in sporting plays. So you said it's kind of like golf as far as the course, you're doing a course with multiple shots. So what, what, what are average score types for each station you're at? How, how does that work? So depending on the station, you'll either have six to eight shots usually. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if you're shooting like 150, you'll shoot 10 at that station. Um, you know, I'd say that, you know, top guys are shooting in the 80s and 90s out of 100, mm -hmm. um, where your lower class guys are shooting in your, anywhere from the high 60s to mid 70s. Mm -hmm. um, I know a the C, C, the C average. Yeah. <laughs> so I know a, a a young man that's coming up his name's Austin and he's uh gonna be pretty good he just won he was shooting over in the bend area and he shot 90 out of 100 and he actually won the whole event and he's a c-class shooter so you know just because you think your talent level's not there you can actually compete with these guys you yeah. know, you'll be really surprised okay so so just a loose update on the rule for mm -hmm. low gun um Roughly about 10 inches below the shoulder seam of the shooting jacket is a broad rule for it. Now, there's a couple different rulings with it that get technical down to the center and there are some that are just like, no. I'm sure it depends on what affiliation you're with and things like that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a few variations out yeah. there. Yeah, and I know fee task too, you have to shoot one ounce loads. Uh, basically, anything else you can shoot up to one and an eighth. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, most guys are running 12 gauges. Um, they do have other events where you shoot 20s, 28s, and 410s. So uh, you can basically shoot everything. Hmm. Never heard of a 28? It's nope. kind of a rare bird. Not many people shoot 28 yeah. gauges. Yeah, 28 gauge, that's definitely not one I hear very often. Never heard of it. Never heard of that one. And it's an expensive one to shoot. <clears throat> An average box is like twelve to thirteen dollars. Yeah. So, so do you buy boxes or do you reload? I do both. So when I shoot practice, I reload. Um, I actually shoot seven eighths ounce loads when I'm doing practice at thirteen hundred feet per second. When I shoot a competition, I usually shoot one ounce loads at thirteen hundred feet per second. Um, so I do both, and when I do shoot competition, I shoot Winchester double A's. Yeah. So I want to make sure I have. Uh, and we can get into this topic too is 
shot hardness. What is shot hardness? So basically, you buy a cheaper shell, you don't get, a, I believe it's called antimony or anemone, which is basically like a precious metal, mm -hmm. and they add it to the lead, which makes it harder. Mm -hmm. So the harder your shot is, basically the less it's going to deform. Mm -hmm. So the less deformation you have, the better the, the pattern you oh, have. Better the pattern. Oh, so it flies a little better. Correct. So deformation basically causes them to actually deviate from your spread and yeah. they will go any direction. Yeah. So you, the harder the shot, the better. Okay. So uh, before we get too far, uh, let's, let's exp what's the difference between uh, a steel shot and what you're talking about. How, how's the flight pattern on those different? So steel shot is basically a lot harder than lead. Mm -hmm. uh, lead is soft. Yeah. Um, basically steel does not deform. Mm -hmm. So steel will cause a tighter pattern. Mm -hmm. But it also weighs a lot less than lead. Yeah. So you don't have the distance you don't have the that distance. it'll break okay. a target. So I've actually never heard that. Yeah. Breakdown between steel and lead. Because all you hear is... Most people hear about oh, we can't we can't hunt ducks with lead shot anymore. Mm -hmm. We got to use steel shot. And you know, guys back in the day when they started, oh, if I can't use lead shot, I'm not gonna duck hunt anymore. And it's like, okay, and that, and and it, of course it was an environmental issue and all that stuff. And it's like, how much is lead really gonna gonna hurt? You have to ingest a lot of lead for it to hurt you. And uh, you know the the famous thing you hear if you get a shot in your bird you got to kiss the cook type deal yeah <laughs> so i w i would rather bite into a lead shot than a steel shot because a steel shot you can break a damn tooth off <laughs> I have a question. they both might yes son what's your question would it affect your recoil at all on the shot at all the, between no the bullets? no the lead the the shot is what we're talking about that is the projectile oh. that's coming out the barrel the recoil is going to be the amount of powder behind that. Oh. That's going to affect the recoil. So if you have a, uh, let's say you have a 12 gauge, mm -hmm. the uh, two and three quarters, which is the length of the shell, and you have a three and a half inch. The three and a half inch, it's a longer shell. It's got more powder. That's going to cause recoil. That's what a lot of guys, I, I don't like I said, I'm not a duck hunter. Do a lot of duck hunters use three and a half? Or are they mostly run in they a three do. inch? Most people I know, so I know only a couple crazy people that shoot three and a half all the time. That's they a long me, that's a long day. They give me a headache. That's a long day. I, yeah, I <laughs> that's a short sore shoulder in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so most guys I know that duck hunt shoot three and a three inch, one and an eighth ounce. Yeah. Um, something that's probably going fifteen hundred feet per second. Yeah. Um, I shoot a lot of two and three quarter. I actually reload and you know, you guys can contact Mark and we can get into another subject on this, but I shoot a lot of tungsten. Okay. Uh, that is my uh, choice for Preferred ducks. Because yeah. I can shoot a smaller pellet, so therefore I get more pellets, Yeah. Uh, which I reload. Yeah. Um, and I can shoot ducks a lot further, which is not my choice, but... Yeah. So basically to get back on the recoil question, it is powder charge, obviously it's shot weight, and heft of gun yeah heavier gun less recoil yeah um that's why a lot of guys it's harder to bring that thing up faster yeah <laughs> so a lot of guys in sporting clay shoot heavy guns because we are shooting a lot yeah so that's another 
thing that makes a difference. Yeah. So I'm basically, if I'm shooting sporty clays, I want at least an eight pound gun okay. up. Yeah, because you're not worried about packing that thing cross tail sides, chasing birds and stuff like that. You're not carrying it all day. Yeah. So when deal. I duck hunt, my gun's usually about, I shoot a bread silver pigeon, it's probably seven and a half pounds. Okay, so so what gun do you use for the, the sporting clays? So I can kind of go through that if, if you all are interested. I started out shooting my grandpa's 870. That's what you're saying, yeah. Um, I moved to my dad's Remington 1100, and you'll kind of see the pattern here. I'm, I was a big Remington guy. Um, I moved into getting into over and under, so I mm -hmm. moved to Remington 3200s, which okay. were made in the 70s. Um, and then I bought a Beretta 694 in March of this year, which is a true sporting clays gun. Okay. And then I have since sold that, and I have moved into the world of Kriegoff K80s. Kriegoff? Yep, it is a German gun. Okay. I was going to say, it's German, I know yep. that much. <laughs> I, I've never heard of that before. So I'll yeah. give you a brief history on it. A Kriegoff is basically based off of a Model 32, which was a Remington that was made in 1930s during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. It was the clay gun of the day. Um, somebody took one to Germany, asked Kriegoff to basically redesign it, and they came out with the K32. And then they have since redesigned that. I believe Brad can check into this too. I want to say it was in the 80s. It became the K80, which they updated it. Okay. Um, they make rifles. They do a lot of. Uh, it's it's a pretty high dollar gun. Yeah. But uh, it's basically like a Swiss watch. Yeah. So so what are you running for uh, for duck hunting? So my duck hunting gun, I shoot a Beretta Silver Pigeon 30 inch barrel. So I shoot an over and under there too. So I went from semi-automatics basically to over and unders. Yeah. You're talking about the K80. Yep. The first sentence is that the K80 is a legendary shotgun. <laughs> so we'll start with that, and it says it's uh, the product of the finest in precision German manufacturing and design, backed by over a century of gun making experience. So I think that tells the uh, the tale of the tape there. Yeah. So, so what gun. made you want to switch from a semi-auto to an over and under duck hunting? To me personally, I like the feel of an over and under. Uh -huh. I don't like the, um, and it, it's funny, you can ask my buddies that I shoot with. Um, when we go shoot sporting clays, sometimes I'll shoot their semi-autos. Uh -huh. And I do not like the movement. Uh -huh. So I don't like the actual movement of the bolt going back the anymore. The action coming back, yeah. And I personally feel a, a over and under is a more reliable gun. Okay. And I'm about as far from a gentleman, but it's also a gentleman's gun. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> I, 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 haven't, I don't have an over and under. I've always wanted one. Um, so how is that different-wise shooting with that barrel, having that bottom barrel? To me, the, the swing-on one is so much smoother. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, so you really don't see much difference if, of aim-wise with that bottom barrel? So I, I'll kind of go into that. Um, I, I shoot both eyes open when I shoot a shotgun. Okay. So I honestly do not even see the beads or anything. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm, and we can get into gun fit and all that stuff if you guys want we, to. We go down whatever road you want to on this because right. I, I, I don't know a whole lot about what you got. I just got – I'll just ask the questions when I – 
Okay. So I'll kind of put it into your rifle guys. Talk to the listeners as if they have absolutely no idea what they're talking, what you're talking about. So rifle guys are different than shotgun guys. Rifle guys, you're gonna point and aim. You're usually, I guarantee you, both you both you guys shoot one eye closed when you shoot a rifle, correct? Yep. Nope. So B red does not. Red doesn't. Okay. I do. I do. Um, So basically, you in a shotgun when you're shooting game or shooting a clay. You want your full peripheral vision, because uh-huh. um, I've heard I've I've heard that um, there was a movie uh, about a sniper in the military. Oh, can't remember what it was. Was that American American sniper. Sniper. Was that Chris sniper. Kyle? Was that yeah, Chris Kyle? Yeah. They were talking about Chris Kyle. Sniper. Yeah, he shot both eyes. He open. shot both both eyes open. So basically, in in sporting clays or duck hunting, you could have a bird coming from your left. And you're shooting at your right, and you can still see it. But if I close my left eye, because I'm right eye dominant, mm-hmm. I will basically lose that bird. I won't yeah. be able to see it. Uh-huh. And also, swinging on a moving target, if I close an eye and I focus on the bead, I'm going to stop the swing of my gun. Mm-hmm. So basically, what I want to do when I'm shooting a bird that's moving left to right or any sort of way, I want to swing through the target. Yes. I want my barrel to keep going past the target. So that is the big difference between that whole aspect of, of kind of shocking. And then you can go into fit, and honestly, that is the most probably important thing that's going to help you succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can tell you, I shot my Breda 694 pretty well, but it had a higher comb, and I shot over a lot of targets. Okay. When I went to my Kriegoff, it has a lower comb, and it fit me better, and I actually shot a lot more targets. I like my gun 50-50 if I'm going to go pattern it on something. Uh-huh. And I mean by 50-50, I want half my target, half my pellets on top and half my pellets below where I'm shooting. Okay. So that's 50-50 to me. Okay. I shoot a lot tighter chokes than most people too. I'm not saying I'm a good shot, <laughs> but I'm telling you guys it'll make you better if you do it. My Kriegoff is a parkours, so that's the name of the gun. It is mod choke on the bottom, and it is light full on top. I cannot change my chokes. Yeah. So. Okay. A lot of guys shoot, you know, improved cylinders mod at sporting clays because a lot of the presentations are pretty close. Mm-hmm. But I really suggest if you go practice to go to a tighter choke at least while you're practicing. Okay. Competition's a different thing. You want to yeah. hit every target. I don't care if you nick so, it, it's still So what's a dead the difference bird. between the, the chokes you run and a full choke? <clears throat> so basically my mod choke is 0.20, which is basically the dimension of the barrel, the constriction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to get a more open pattern than a full choke. My light full is like one step below a full choke. So, so, it's really so tight. full choke is the tightest pattern you can get? No. No. Turkey is. Turkey yeah. choke. Yeah. Turkey choke is... Turkey chokes are a lot tighter than okay, full. Okay, so what? Okay. So if I if I'm saying this right, and I think I am, I want to say full choke is 0.30. Okay. So that would be your constriction, and a normal 12 gauge is 0.729. Okay. So you're gonna basically be knocking 0.30 off of that, mm-hmm. which is gonna tighten your pattern up. So I actually went to a, a local gun shop with the chokes above mine and told them I was they're both full choke stock full choke and I was like hey I'm going turkey hunting is there something better that I could use for this and he recommended that honestly it would he did not recommend me getting anything than what I already had for, for 
for turkey hunting. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? Why? Why would you think that would? Make, I, I I I don't I don't know the difference. He he's the professional. I, I don't. What's what's what would be? The, he he said, "Don't waste your money." Basically, he said, "I would." He would be more than happy to take my money, but he'd rather give me free advice. Yeah. So what, here, what, what, uh, honestly, you can't obviously you can't speak to his thought train of thought. You can give your opinion. Yeah. What, what, what's your opinion on that? So my opinion on it, and there's a lot of different things. So if you get into ballistics, which is another topic we could talk about, <laughs> ballistics is very interesting to yeah. me. Um, modern shotgun shells are way different than what our dad shot or mm-hmm. our dad's dad shot. Our, yeah. The plastic wads and everything have come so far. So. We could get back into this, the steel shot and tungsten. So your full choke with tungsten, it's basically tungsten so hard that it's not going to deform at all. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tighter than anything else. So like if I shoot a pet, so when I go shoot ducks, I'm shooting a light modified at, with tungsten. I have to actually put steel pellets on the top. To, so the tungsten, it's heavier than steel, so it'll actually hit the steel, and it'll actually spread it out more. Okay. It shoots so tight that I have to use a more open choke. Oh, okay. So modern ammunition is way different than oh, yeah. what we shot. So, I mean, and then you got Federal who has their flight stopper wads and all this other stuff will basically shoot out, and then it goes 20 yards down, and then it opens up and shoots your, your mm-hmm. shot out. So... There's so many different things you can use now yeah. that honestly, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you could go turkey choke. I mean, you're in how far do you want to shoot when it's basically what it comes down to? Yeah. There's a lot of guys shooting four tens at them now. So yeah. I just want to see one within killing distance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? A, a, a nice I, yeah. Uh, a 12 gauge with uh, two and three quarters tur- with turkey load in it. If I can get it within forty yards, I think I'm got a pretty good chance. You're just jealous. I would rather I would rather I would rather it be within twenty yards. Uh, the boys talking smack. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you got a turkey and I haven't got one. You're welcome. <laughs> even we even got some knuckles. <laughs> that's one bird that's eluded me too. So yes. uh, I don't feel bad. For we you. I, I don't care if if our listeners like this or not. Somehow or another, the conversation is always going to come up to turkeys because I absolutely love turkey hunting. I have never gotten one. Like my son said, he got one this year. It Just was a blast. the sound blast. of the gobble is like it is, amazing. It's, a, it's an it, adrenaline rush. It is uh, elk hunting in the springtime. Yep. Fun. fun it fun, really fun. is. Okay, so... uh I go to the pet and zoo. I just shoot mine at Foster Farms. So, you know. <laughs> Bog The people in the cheese aisle were like, what the hell? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. Okay, so... Um, we kind of diverted from the sporting clays into ammunition. <laughs> Um, There's so many topics in all this that really we could cover on different ones if you all are interested. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in I am, a lot of this Most stuff. people don't think there's this much that goes into a shotgun. And oh, I'm learning yeah. a lot right now. Yeah, no shit. Uh, you got any questions for Brad? You know, I'm just kind of taking it all in as much as I can um, just because I shoot a uh, Remington 1100 that's okay. definitely got full choke on it. Great gun. But it's a fun gun. Um, I actually bought it from a retired Lushwab 
area manager back in the day who was once a Northwest shooting champion for, I don't think it was sport, I think it was... Probably trap. Trap, yeah. But, yeah, fun gun. Shoots great. Haven't killed anything with it, but shoots great. And honestly, like, if, if you listeners really want to get one gun to start any sort of play game, I would highly, highly recommend a Remington 1100. You cannot go wrong with that gun. They are cheap to find. There's so many parts out there for them, and it'll fit majority of people. I do have a question on yeah. when you're doing the competitions. Yeah. Is there limits on what your shotgun can be, or so long as you can fulfill your hole, so to speak. What do you mean? What are kind if of if you what, show what are, up with your over under and I show up with a semi automatic, can we both compete? Yes. That, in the same class together. Yes. yes. It's just so, okay. it's shotgun in general. Shotgun in general. So I'll, I'll kind of go on. I get asked this question all the time. And like I said, I just started shooting competition. Everybody asks me what everybody shoots. I'm guessing it's kind of like big game hunting. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's got something different. You know, back in the day, it used to be if you didn't have a thirty out six, then you were getting laughed at. Why is that? How would? Why is that? Six will kill anything. Because the out six and the thirty out six, in my opinion, was made to kill big game in North America. Mm -hmm. I agree. I would have to look it up. The whole idea behind that specific gun caliber was 30, for 30 caliber big game hunt. designed in 1906 for the average for the average shoot. for the average American to go out and kill, shoot big game, and then uh, the game really changed in the the mid four the the early 30s to mid 50s when Weatherby started. Going crazy, making, Every doing doing what Weatherby did. You know, Weatherby was completely Weatherby completely changed the game in in that time period with making rounds. Oh yeah. According to this resource, it actually said that the Odd Six was designed as a military weapon. So I mean, at the same time, yeah, it was definitely designed to take down some. Big yeah. Games. So so those guys <laughs> so those guys that fought in. Uh, the Great War, at that time, right? It was called nineteen oh six. Was when before that. Six came before that. Before so, that. Okay. So that. So this was before uh, World War One. But. That regardless of that. Okay. So not not we're not going down that rabbit hole. We'll come back. <laughs> we'll come back to that. So in my opinion, the thirty out six turned into a, a big game gun for the average American. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, it, I I remember hearing that if you ran out of shell, if you ran out of ammo deer hunting, be, besides the fact that you ran out of ammo, you'd go into any camp and somebody had odd six shells. Now sure. now we're we're I, I think we're kind of moved away from that in the past fifteen to fifteen to twenty years. You I know, with you. with so many different. Uh, Calibers and shot and well, sizes and everybody take you know because uh, what is it the a seven mm and a two eighty or 
almost identical because yep. I think a 7mm is actually uh, like 284 I want I want to I mean I'm trying to look it up right now there's a lot of 7mm versus dude, other sizes you, so you want to get down a rabbit hole you start chasing caliber sizes so uh, oh god I don't even want to get into yeah, it because okay. I don't know I do not know enough to talk it on this yeah there's a lot. There's a lot. We if could... we were drinking more beer or whiskey, <laughs> we could definitely grab a hole and I could have a conversation. Which will probably happen. What's that? Which will probably happen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Kayla's whispering in my ear. That's right. Uh, it's better than me whispering in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> I can whisper in your ear if you want to. <laughs> that might be kind of weird. All right. <laughs> rabbit hole again? Yeah, rabbit hole again. Okay, we're let's... Let's try to find the end of the rope and reel this back into work. So I think we're talking about the most popular sporting yeah, okay. plays guns? Yeah, sporting yeah. plays guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody asked me this question, what do most people shoot? Honestly, I see a lot of Breda 682 Goldies, which are an older over and under. Um, A400s, which is another Beretta, it's their newest semi-automatic. And then a lot of guys shoot Krieg off K80s, seen a lot of parkours, seen their normal sporters. And then, most recently, I've seen a lot of Blazers, which is another German. You guys probably know them from the rifle world. Never heard of it. Oh, they are a huge rifle. Really? They're, yeah. Yeah, they're huge. They have, like, one of the most accurate, smoothest operating rifles you can buy. Yeah, for the for the longest time, I lived in this little bubble. Well, I, like, I got a Remington 270, Model or, 700. <laughs> or you got a Ruger 22. And I got a... Yeah, that was the ticket to be cool in middle school. I got a thirty thirty Winchester my grandpa gave me. You know, and people people start talking guns sometimes. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> you cool. sound like me. Cool, bro. Yeah, that's a cool uh, gun you got there. Never heard of that before. Really, <laughs> they make these for decades. The two eighty versus that seven mm. By the way, you're basically bullet size itself is what is mainly different. I mean, the seven mm yeah. is seven mm is a longer actual. Projectile, projectile, but as far as casing size goes, they're gosh darn almost the same. Yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, Jacob was telling me that the 280 was basically a neck down 70 mm, which and and you and you think about it, okay, so the drop down from that to 270 is not really that much different. That's why I think I really like. I mean, you're still talking like over a centimeter or two in overall size, though. Yeah, 270 to 280. But we're in America. We don't care about centimeters. As long as it's true. Yeah. That's why we won all that into World War Two there. That's right. That's why we we won WWT. It goes all the European followers. <laughs> back to back World War champs. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> rabbit hold again, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new record. That's like four back to back. Okay, so back. yeah, That's so how it goes. Yeah, so you're talking about what everybody shoots. Yeah, not not one guy shoots the same gun. Exactly. So I mean, you could go comp, compete with whatever you got. Yeah. If you can shoot it well and you're a good shooter, it really doesn't matter. And to be honest with you, to shoot competition, I think it's going to help you be better anyways because you're going to learn from somebody that's a better shooter than all you mm -hmm. know, better shooter than me, better shooter than anybody else. The main thing to do is watch what they do. Yeah. And in reality, it's so 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 a good gun is an advantage but technique is more of an advantage you'd say i'm gonna say honestly it's both and the reason why i'm gonna say it gun fit is probably one of the most important so things. gun so gun fit over technique is definitely there yeah and you're gonna come in your own there's so many different techniques 
to shoot this too because mm -hmm. you have swing through method you have pull away method you have i mean there's so many different things you have to do and and a shooter nowadays there's so many different presentations that they put in with clays that you have to know how to do all these now mm -hmm. it's not like you could shoot one method anymore yeah so it, it's it's a different world I mean it's it's anything else it it, prog it progresses and mm -hmm. it's gonna change later on in life too so that's just how it goes yeah so I mean I, you know to be honest with you I, even if you're not one of the best shooters I shot with somebody that was somebody that was taking lessons but they're still out there competing yeah and they're out there learning putting putting what they're learning to practice yeah and that's the main thing I think we beat ourselves uh -huh. Everybody knows that. I mean, you're going to beat yourself because you think you can't do what somebody else can do or compete, but in reality, you can. Yeah. So I think that's the most important thing is to get past that barrier. Okay. Yeah. So just go do it. Yeah. That that uh, that kind of correlates with me trying to get guests on the show. There's a lot of people that want to do it, but they're scared to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah most people think it's more pressure, but you're not talking to anybody. Yeah. No, I it's mean, you're easy. really just talking with a bunch of dudes who are drinking beer and eating ribs right that's now. That's right. I mean, what, but what's, it's really yeah, there's not pretty good. There's better the, things than this. I think that's kind of the misconception of people that haven't listened to the show that I asked to be on. It's like we're really having everyday conversations that you would have – Hanging if out you went buddies. out to the bar on yeah. karaoke night. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'll sit here and drink beer and talk guns all day long if you guys <laughs> want to. It don't matter to me. Welcome to our longest podcast <laughs> yeah. season so far. Well, yeah, I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll hit the, the, the two hours and 40 minutes like we did with Steven, but we'll put, put a fucking run at it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so like I said, I've never duck hunted. But I've done a lot of goose hunting. Mm -hmm. Have you goose hunted? I do. You do? What, do. what What? are are there any big differences between the two? Not really. From in, what you do? In reality. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd say the main difference, I'd, you know, you can field, gus, uh, field duck hunt, but I've also filled, I've filled goose, you know, yeah. hunting in fields. That's, that's how I goose hunt. Okay, I've hunted in fields more goose hunting than I have duck hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's the main difference between the two, obviously, in shooting a bigger payload. Yeah, yeah I was I was getting real excited because the neighbors up the road had a big field and the geese were just on it like wild hogs. Just go to the and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go down there and ask them. And then today I drove by, they plowed it up. I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> just go down to the uh, the Leshwa parking lot. Yeah, no. The geese fly right over the top. <laughs> no, we we got a, we got a spot over in White River. We're gonna. Do some goose hunting this winter. The one yeah. thing I've noticed that kind of sucks about goose hunting in Oregon is the regulations. Uh, you really have to keep an eye on it, especially if you hunt in this area, because it go it. You can hunt like two weeks or something, then they shut it down, and then you can't hunt for a couple weeks, and then they bring it back. Yeah, that's why I like. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, where we're going is just over the other side of the mountain, so it's considered eastern Oregon. So yeah. So the the time frame of of shooting and all that stuff is a lot more wide open. Yeah, goose hunting is basically with duck season. It's it's the way it should be over here too. Yeah, because we get that early September goose hunt mm -hmm. that not many people really do participate in. No. So I think that's kind of what hurts our actual season of what happens. But yeah. that's another subject. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I love I I I love bird hunting. Like I said, I never done. Uh, duck hunting, getting ready to go on a pheasant hunt here here shortly. Yeah, have a lot. That's that. the first I've, I've never done it, so it's gonna be fun. 
it is excited a, for it. It's a blast. So, you, so you've done some pheasant hunting. So have, kind, of, kind of walk us through a, a pheasant hunt. So pheasant hunting's a lot different than duck hunting, obviously, because you walk a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, the most important thing is usually to have a good dog. Yeah. Um, basically, pheasant hunting's different. Uh, most of pheasant hunting I've ever done is more hunting like cornfields, something like that. I'm not very many of those around here. Yeah, you got to be really <laughs> safe, too. I mean, because yeah. sometimes you can't see that person inside the corn. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that one of the most important thing of pheasant hunting is, is communication out in the field because you literally yeah. could shoot somebody yeah. pretty easily. Safety. Yes. There's no topic we hit on all the time. Yeah. Did Jamie do something like that? <laughs> that was quail hunting, and he did. Oh. Yes. He did. He had to go there, sorry. He did shoot somebody. <laughs> um, but... A typical pheasant hunt, and it just depends where you go. Um, it's a lot of walking, um, a lot of dog work, which is to me amazing. That's the most. That's yeah. one of my favorite. Honestly, I I say this, but I've never done it. I could watch my dog work instead of shooting a bird any day of the week. But I, I you know what? I heard a lot of bird guy, uh, bird dog guys that say that. Yeah, it's you know shooting. Shooting is is a consolation prize I think to one, actually getting out there and letting your dog work I think once yeah, you get shoot, to, shooting shooting the bird is the reward for the dog yeah I think you once you get to a certain level too it doesn't matter anymore mm-hmm. um, you know just like you shooting with your boy I'd rather if see some somebody like that shoot it than me personally yeah uh, you got to get to that point where limits don't matter anymore Stuff like that. I mean, of course, you go out there to shoot a bird. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. That's what you're out there for. Pheasant hunting, you were, if you're doing it right, you're working your ass off. Yeah. So, I, want, I want to get one mounted, too. Yeah, they are such a beautiful bird. Probably yeah. one, the, and really good eating, too. One of the yeah. best eating birds, in my opinion. Those and quail. And most people don't know that pheasants are non-native. Yep, they are, I think, from Mongolia. Mongolia, China, somewhere. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. What's that? So that's called a fun fact. We'll fun fact. Away for later. Fun fact. Yep. And you're going to Eastern Oregon too. Yeah, I'm going out to Vail. Have you ever chucker hunted? Or? I uh, in Burns. Yeah, I chucker and quail hunted. That's Burns. some. This, work. Oh, I love. Oh. So my grandpa actually had some uh, brought into his property chucker. Okay. And uh, so it was just one hillside. And you know we'd be over there for a weekend to do something or other and just go out for a walk shoot a whole bunch have fun walk run, with a gun walk with take, an take excuse gun for a walk at night yeah exactly an excuse to go you know trounce through the sagebrush you know mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it was just outside my uncle's house so we could literally just walk a mile down the hill shoot a bunch of birds walk a mile back you know just enough for my dad and my uncle not to run out of beer. <laughs> shoot a bunch, shoot a bunch of birds, have a good time. You know, we didn't, we didn't have, we didn't have, we didn't have dogs, so we just, we just put, we just did a, a push. Yeah, you know, there was five, there was four or five of us. Just did a push. They'd come up. You know, we, everybody had their lanes, and nobody got shot. So that was always good. It's always a good day when nobody gets shot. Yes. <laughs> I yet to this day have not shot a person. Thank God I have not witnessed it or seen it myself. Yeah. Doing pretty, I'd, say I'm, doing, I'd say, say I'm doing. I'd say I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I've seen that on a movie. <laughs> I think we've all seen that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's I'm, you know it's definitely that's another podcast you do is all about your pheasant experience. Yeah. No. No. We're gonna do. We're doing it there. Yeah. We're we're gonna have a 
just for you listeners to know, we're going to have an In the Field podcast. Wow. Wait, if, we are? Yep. We're going all out. I won't be Shotgun there. Shotgun setups and there's all. ribs Wait, afterwards, I'll be sure. there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Brad. No, so um, I, I don't know if it's going to be In the Field. It'll probably be after the hunt. But um, my, my last guest, Cody, he was like, yeah, I need to come out and we can do a podcast in the duck blind. I think it would be fun. I would be uh, down to do it if you guys are want to do it. Yeah. Could get good. Yeah. Well, we could get a couple of our guests that we've had at this point in one duck blind. Yeah. Four guys, one blind. Well, and like I said, I was going to... Uh, got... got <laughs> <Derp back. laughs> uh, so, goose hunting. Like I said, I got I got a couple of goose... I got a... Uh, I want to go do a couple goose trips this, win- uh, this winter. And I want to do the same thing out in the goose blind, you know, just talking, shooting shit. All of a sudden, oh shit, everybody shut up. There's geese coming, you know. That's kind of the difference between waterfowl hunting and deer or big game hunting. Yeah. You can sit there and BS with your buds. Yeah. And watch stupid stuff on your phone, and then all of a sudden, the birds come in. Well, probably not be on our phone. Probably shoot the shit drinking Jaeger. Or yeah. Fire, or I guess it'd probably, be, it'd, it'd probably be more like Fireball, but. Yeah. <laughs> We're in. I've seen the most stupidest videos in my life, goose or duck hunting, usually from a buddy of mine. So, yeah. says it's the coolest video he's ever seen. Yeah, it was a lie, pretty much. <laughs> and you're just like, why did I watch that? But uh-huh. you know what? Then ducks usually come in, so yeah, it does make it entertaining. Okay, so um, so you're big into birds, big into shooting clays. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's kind of the why have you not ventured into the big game world? Uh, it's just never really interested me that much. Really? I mean, I, you know, it's it's for you all to do whatever yeah. you have fun. I honestly, I I want to go out with my dog and mm-hmm. do that type of stuff. So it's I've been you just have more of a, more of a passion and just less of an interest. And that's in more what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. That's what my dad did. My dad big game hunted a little bit, but okay. my he well, didn't. Yeah, not in, in California, there not a whole lot to do. Yeah, well, we've been here since 95, so... Okay, yeah. Um, he's My dad's big game hunted in Idaho, here. I just never got into it. It was never, you know, peak of my interest. And I kind of got into bird hunting late in life, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 40 yeah. years old. I've only been doing it for 10 years, so yeah. it's not very long. No. You know, I kind of have to interject. Earlier, I was thinking you gave off an Earl... Dibbles Jr. vibe. Yep. Maybe and I couldn't figure hat. out why, and then I just saw your hat. Like, oh, <laughs> you put like, it two and two together. Wow. <laughs> I usually have overalls on. It's <laughs> funny. Well, I, just, I was going to make like a, a joke earlier be like, oh, we got Earl Dibbles Jr. on, but I, but I didn't say it. And then I like just realized, I'm like, your hat says yee yee. You know, it's kind of funny, too, is I always tell people I have a southern accent, but I'm from, I'm from south of here. I am I'm from California, yeah. so. Southern California accent is tricky. Yeah, I'm from the south technically. <laughs> just but, not, uh, just not what, uh, just you would be offending other people from the East Coast South. <laughs> they would be the real extremely south. offended by that. <laughs> California ain't the fucking south. <laughs> and it's kind of a shame too, because California used to be a lot different than it is. It used to be a lot more hunting, and you know, and it's it's kind of been ruined. Um, I haven't lived there in a long time, but yeah. uh, I, I have a lot of friends down there still, and it's definitely a different world there than yeah. it used to be. Well, so, Like I was talking about Weatherby earlier, Weatherby moved out of California to Wyoming. Yeah, a lot of people are moving out of there. Even, I mean, they have been just yeah. over yeah. the last decade, even a lot of big companies move out of it. I mean, high tech and stuff like that stays, but... If you're looking to move out of California, I hear that Canada's real nice. Dude, <laughs> Alberta, awesome place. Awesome place. Yep. Huh? 
Yep. Read it in a magazine. Or Florida. That was Florida's another great place. That was in our buck when we moved here. <laughs> Oregon, terrible place to live. Yeah, it gets cold and it rains. <laughs> yeah, it gets cold and it rains. Idaho is worse. It snows in Idaho. Don't move to fucking Idaho if you're from California. The funny thing is, originally we were actually going to move to Montana. Really? Montana, yeah. Great, though, so never been. It's on three months. It's summer. Nine months of winter. Yeah, can't beat it. It is a beautiful place, though. It's on the list. I haven't been there yet. Yeah, uh, you got to do it. You have to go see Flathead Lake. Yeah, we've yeah. been to Idaho before. But Idaho is amazing. I've never been past Boise. Idaho or in Idaho, I've been to Minnesota. As somebody that drives but, from Idaho to Montana, there's nothing east of Boise. <laughs> it's it's just sagebrush and then mountains. In Idaho, some of the worst hunting in the whole country. So yeah, that's terrible. You might yeah. not want to go there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Not. <laughs> there's there's no elk there. There's no anything. Just a cheap hunt. Just Sasquatch everywhere. Yeah, there's no nothing. <laughs> it's not even worth it. Don't even go. But we'll let you know how it goes there. Yeah. So, speaking of Sasquatch. <laughs> We're going down this road. Uh-oh. We want to go down this road? We can yet? go down this road. What's your opinion on Sasquatch, Brad? Oh, it's got to be real. I mean, one, we got to. Got to be real. It's got to be real. We got a Sasquatch center down the road. Of course it's real. <laughs> <laughs> boring organ of all places. Yeah. <laughs> so it's our excitement. Yeah. Okay, hold that thought second. So grizzly bears in Yellow National Park. Wow. They estimate there's around two thousand of them or something like that. Probably. They farm. run into, yeah, it's five million acres, two no two and a half million acres, something like that. You could look it up. You could look that up. Yeah, you are here for the Google machine. <laughs> Is that Yellowstone? Yellowstone. Okay. So Yellowstone National Park, in air quotations, Yellowstone Greater National Land. Refuge Area ecosystem. Yeah, the, the Yellowstone Greater National Ecosystem. There's around 2,000 grizzly bears. Wow. They interact with people often, get hit by cars often. And walk away like it was nothing. Walk away like it was nothing. There have been reports that there's an estimated 6,000 Sasquatch. In North well, no, we're we're talking about Sasquatch, not Yeti. Just like everywhere. Okay, okay. The Pacific Northwest. There's some people estimate six thousand Sasquatch. Not one single one of them ever hit by a fucking car. Are you kidding me? They're really smart. Oh wait, yeah, there don't was. Go, don't go don't go fourth dimension on me either. There actually was one more. Okay. Have you ever seen Harry in the Hendersons? Uh, I have here. I have seen Harry in the Hendersons. He was hit by a car. He was hit by a car. They did bring him home, and uh, that was a hilarious movie and when I was did, a kid. He did. I tried to watch that as an adult. I couldn't watch it. it was stupid. <laughs> he Mark, did adapt. I'm, <laughs> Mark, I'm curious. Where where do you pull your Sasquatch data from? The internet. Um, Google. I just. I, you know, <laughs> Looking for a legitimate site to try and back that one up for you. That's because Sasquatch doesn't want you to find it. Yeah. I'm just, I, I had to ask. You want to know why Sasquatch else? is fuzzy in pictures? Because Sasquatch is fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> People don't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy hasn't heard that one before. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, what? 
<laughs> this is the master class of jokes. Now. <laughs> Welcome. Okay. So, I do remember our grandpa telling us a story about like when he was my age, and he was on a job site with his dad, and he went down to like a lake. Is what I think you said, and he said that he saw some black figure, but he didn't say it was a Bigfoot. He said he thought it was something standing up. That he didn't know what it was. Exactly. I, I, I know of a guy that, that's got a lot of good info. I'm, I'm not saying the Sasquatch isn't real. I'm not saying Sasquatch is real. It's kind of like aliens to me. It's like, just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not possible. Mark, are unicorns real? No. Those are donkeys with plungers on their forehead. Have you not seen a unicorn before? (laughs) (laughs) I've seen one in the Tom Cruise movie once. (laughs) So the first guy that shoots a Sasquatch, is he going to be a hero? Yes. No. Not is the before. second guy that shoots a Sasquatch going to be an asshole? Yes. <laughs> We're not offering any money up on this podcast, so you know. I've heard, I've, I've heard a lot of people. Wait, who's got money? <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that the first guy that shoots Sasquatch is going to be a hero. The second guy's going to be a fucking asshole. <laughs> Very possible. Good times. Good times. All right, so let's get back to. Okay, let's. Cover that fucking drive hole up with dirt. <laughs> okay, let's let's Hard. talk. Okay. We went from goose hunting to Sasquatch <laughs> in like two seconds. Like in our defense, it's the first time we've hit Sasquatch. On yeah. The All right. Guys. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll get some not? more uh, listeners. Yeah. That are into Sasquatch. Exactly. We'll make it into this. <laughs> we will talk about Sasquatch if you all want us to. <laughs> and we will do one from the boring place if you want us to too. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Dude, that that's, a, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 about tomorrow. There's pizza by there, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm in for the pizza. All right, so... Um, pizza. We're in. Yep. Okay, let's get back into... Uh, sporting clays. Sporting clays. <laughs> so, sporting clays and trap shooting. Okay. Differences. A lot. Lots. Lots of differences. So, depending on what you shoot and trap, uh, they got... I mean, traps got doubles. They got... You know, just if you just go shoot, go down to Portland Gun Club and shoot like normal trap, you're basically gonna have a straightaway shot that's either gonna go straight, left, or right. That's mm-hmm. all you got. Yeah. Uh, it's a pre-mounted game. Uh, it's a lot. Clay games are really. It's funny. Like when I come home from shooting a competition, I'm beat. Because yeah. it's such a mental game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're so focused. Uh, you're so mentally focused. I'd say trap is the most mentally focused game I've ever played in my life, besides probably baseball. Um, and everybody thinks that when you shoot a shotgun, you have such a big spread that you can't miss. Which is not true. Which is not true. Uh, it's it's really easy to miss. Um, but yeah, I mean, trap and sporting clays are a totally different game, and to me, shooting trap guys are weird. They are, they're in their own world. They are totally different than a normal sporting clays person or anybody that shoots any other type of game. You're totally talking to two normal guys, so yeah, we're normal. Yeah, they are the weirdest people you'll ever meet. I mean, they're the ones who put blockers on their glasses so they don't get gleam. They they're strange dudes, men, women. Sounds uh, like a 
tactical advantage. But it is good. Uh, there's a lot of good guys at Portland Gun Club that will help you. And that, that's one thing I want to mention about this sport is there's so many people that will help you and there's so much free information out there. Um, first of all, you can listen to Mark's podcast. On the Horizon with Mark. Second of all, uh, go on the YouTubes and watch Smoking Clays. Um, there, you can usually contact these guys, and they will actually talk to you. Uh, Anthony Matteris Jr. is a big sporting guy. Buddy just got to talk to Anthony Matteris Jr. for free on the phone. Uh, I say this is one of the few games where you actually get to talk to professionals and get free, free advice. Um, there's also lessons you can take. Um, it's there's so many people willing to help you. Uh, honestly, sometimes it's too much. <laughs> but uh, when you get to shoot with some master class guys, and you're going to have to come up with your own style. Yeah. You're not going to shoot like everybody else. Yeah. You are different than everybody else, and that's another thing that's nice about this game. Yeah. Uh, it's just like any other sport. You can personalize whatever you do. So. Cool. You got a question for me? Uh, what's the difference between skeet and the he other? He already one? answered that question. You weren't paying attention. You have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, you have to listen to the podcast. So he already went over that. Did we talk about ski? I don't think we did. Well, talk you about oh, or, well, you defined. Oh, the we, sport went, shooting. we went. Tra- we went trap. We went trap. Okay, so there's a third. <laughs> so, I. Okay, go ahead. So skeet is a little different. Uh, skeet is was developed by grouse hunters uh, to basically help them with their game, and you kind of go in a semicircle, and you have a high and low house. So the clays are always coming from the same areas, either the high or low house, but you go in a semi-circle so it changes your angle of shots. Okay. So it's a really hard game. It's probably one of the harder games. It sounds hard. Yeah, and there's different types. There's American skeet and there's international skeet. So some you have to hold low gun and some you can have the gun to your face. So that's your main differences. Uh, Mid-Valley Sporting Clays, I'm not trying to throw them out there for you guys, but if you are interested, you can do five stand there, you can do Sporting Clays, you can do Ski and Trap. They have everything. So okay. that's where I usually go. So so do they have, uh, is uh, Sporting Clays in the Olympics? Sporting Clays is not in the Olympics, I do is not it? believe. I think all you have is Trap and Ski in trap the Olympics. Okay, that's where I was Because those are the older games. So, sporting clays didn't start coming to America, and Brad can look this up. I want to say it's in the 1980s. So, it's a relatively, relatively new game to, new hear. Game to hear. It was okay. bigger in Europe than it was here, and then it's come here. And then it's kind of taken off into these different entities mm-hmm. like VTASC and yeah, all that stuff. Uh, Euro- European countries, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, just my perspective on it, have always been more into shotgun sports yes. than rifle sports. I would probably agree with you there. Just, I think it's also because of what they have terrain wise. Terrain wise, we're lucky here where we have wildlife country. Yeah, wise. We uh, have a lot more public shot, shot, shotgun sports were considered an upper class type of sport. Yep. In, in the old days. Why was that? It was. Why was that? Because it took money to do it. And it still does. It still it does. Still does. It's just. So an average, an uh, how many rounds do you go through on an average in a 
sporting clay. Tournament. So like in a tournament, um, it depends what I shoot. So if I just shoot sporting, I'll shoot. I can only shoot like say I shoot seventy five targets. I can only shoot seventy five rounds. Mm -hmm. But if I shoot like feed task or something else, I can shoot two at one single shot. Mm -hmm. um, usually, on average, say I shoot a hundred rounds of feed task, I'll probably shoot like a hundred and ten rounds. Mm -hmm. So I mean that's you know you're dumping into five boxes of shells. Yeah. And when you're buying a higher grade of shell, you're spending eight fifty to nine yeah. plus a box. Yeah. Um, to shoot a normal tournament weekend, you're probably looking at $200 just to shoot in the tournaments, mm -hmm. plus your ammo, plus your fuel. Yeah. So, but you don't have to do all the tournaments. A lot of times they'll have like three tournaments in a weekend. So you can yeah. just do one if you want. Yeah. So like this weekend, I shoot three. Yeah. So tomorrow I shoot 50 clays, then I'm done for the day. <clears throat> and then I shoot 100, and then I shoot 75 after that on Sunday. Okay. So, you know, I'll shoot, what, 225? I think that was my math. Somewhere yeah, 225. Okay. So, you know, it just depends. It's a lot of shooting. Yeah, it is. Compared to a good day of what uh, upland bird hunting, if you go through two boxes, you had a good day? Yeah, or duck hunting, you duck, know, yeah. like you usually don't even go through a box. Yeah. So it depends went, where you go. If you go, if you go through a box, it's a good day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's shooting a lot because you can shoot seven birds. So, yeah. I mean, that's you missing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, when you got four buddies with you. <laughs> or it's, uh, you know, a lot of people shooting one gun. Exactly. So options. Very true. So, I mean, you know, it's definitely, uh, it can be an expensive sport, you know, but in reality, you don't have to make it an expensive sport. Yeah. Um, it, it just depends, honestly, what you want to put into it and what you want to buy. Um, what you're looking to get out of it. Yeah, and like, I mean, say you're that guy, like, so when I started, I shot my hunting guns. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to put all these rounds for my hunting guns. I'm going to get a sporting clays gun or a clays gun. And I can tell you, a clays gun and a hunting gun are... Night and day is different. It's like going from a Honda Civic to a Corvette. Yeah, I mean, but there's also like, you know, we can get into this, but I mean, like my my sporting case gun has more cast built into the stock. It has a palm swell. Mm -hmm. um, it has a lot of different things. It's heavier. Um, it's it's a different gun. It's a different yeah. beast because you're shooting a lot and you're but you're it's not carrying it's, a lot. It's made for something different. Exactly, mm -hmm. and they're usually longer barrels. Uh, I shoot 32 inch barrels. Uh, with that's a my, long. That's a long gun. Yeah, so mm -hmm. my game guns I shoot 30 inch usually, um, or down to 28 depending on what. Yeah. What it is, my my main duck gun's a 30 inch gun. I honestly, if I had a duck gun, I'd probably go up to a 32 inch. Yeah. Just because I like the swing of the 32. Yeah. Um, I'm a pretty big guy, so. Does it extend when you add the choke, or is it inside? It depends. So you, so my my main clay's gun has no chokes. Okay. It's they're fixed. But yes, most sporting clay's guns do have a extended choke. So you're looking at another inch and a half, two inches. Yeah. So you know you technically have a thirty four. So he's inch talking barrel. about the actual length of the barrel. Yeah. Oh. They can be manufactured to be different lengths. Oh, I thought we were talking like the actual length of the gun. No, he's talking about the length of the barrel. Yeah, that's just my barrels. But in the so, reality... So I've got a youth model 20 gauge mm -hmm. that I use goose gun. hunting. I love that gun. You know, you see these big, you know, these big long goose guns. They're the 32 inch, 12 gauge, three and a half. I'll go out there with my 20 gauge youth model and 
and do just fine. Yeah. That's what I shot my turkey with. Yes, that's what you shot your turkey with. Keep rubbing it in. And, and that's kind of <laughs> what we were talking about earlier is modern ammo is so much different and better than it ever has been. I yeah. mean, it's, it, it, it's a whole different world now, and yeah. it's, it's going to keep going. I mean, you have... I shoot tungsten heavyweight 15, then you got TSS, which is even heavier. Mm-hmm. You can shoot a number nine pellet and kill a goose at 40 yards now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a whole different world. So uh, it's crazy what you can do. I mean, yeah. it's expensive, but, you know, it's this is the way I look at The good at news it. is you go to Sportsman's Warehouse and they got shotgun shells. That's true. You ain't going to find much. You ain't going to find, find nothing else, but you're going to get lot. They got lots of shotgun shells. Oh, you're going to at least walk out with your maximum two boxes. And that's the thing, you know, if you put it in perspective, how much money do you spend on gas? How much money do you spend on decoys? How much money do you spend on this? What's really spending money on ammo? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my money into whatever. I mean, it's an expensive hobby. All, everything can be an expensive hobby. Yeah. So I'm going to put my money into it. It's just like playing ba- I'm going to put my money into my best equipment. Well, and, and you hear a lot of people say, well, I can't do that because it's too expensive. Well, how big is your flat screen TV you got in your house? Yep. You know, it's a priority. What yep. are you going to make priorities? Do you need a $60,000 truck or can you get a, get away with a $20,000 truck? You know, what... The cheaper it, option. It, yeah. Well, it depends on what brand it is. So let's say uh, Joe Schmuck walks in to the woods. He's got on $1,000 worth of camo, but he's got $20 fucking binoculars. Be fucking What's sweet. the point? Yeah. yeah. They won't see them, they won't see him. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> He's pre camouflaged. You know, you don't you don't need you know you don't need you can get by with a five hundred dollar rifle. Entry level gear will take you pretty far until Ent- you can entry- afford the yeah. the higher tier. You're gonna get spend your money on boots because your feet gotta be in them, you gotta be on them all day. Mm-hmm. Spend don't buy you don't have to buy the most expensive gun. Buy a good gun. Exactly. Buy what you can afford that is don't the best buy you can the shotgun sh- can be cheap. Yes, I've got I've got a cheap shotgun and it does just fine. The twelve gauge or the, the twenty? Yeah. Uh, back you don't you don't need the most expensive rifle, but you want to get a good rifle or a good shotgun. If you're using a scope, you don't want to buy the cheapest scope. I had I want to say like a $60, I won't say the brand of it, scope on my 270 Every time I shot the thing, it was fucking off. I wasted that money, and I finally broke down and bought a nice Vortex. It's and it's, it's, it's an amazing scope. The, the difference in quality from an $80 scope to a $300 scope was absolutely worth the, distance, the, the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have. I yeah, I had to work. You got to save your money for it. Got to make it a priority. And that's the thing is, how much are you gonna do this? Mm-hmm. So, say you decide to go shoot any sort of clay game, how much are you gonna do it? If you're gonna do it a lot, you better buy a clay gun because your hunting gun is not gonna last. No, because it's not made. I've shot since March. I've put over eight thousand rounds to my gun, and that's not even counting tournaments. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing compared to what a lot of people shoot. Yeah. So you're putting a lot of strain on that gun. Yeah, it goes back to what's the average duck hunter putting in the season. Are they 
probably going through four boxes, if that. If they're hunting a lot, I would say maybe four boxes. Oh, you're shooting cases. You're shooting cases? Oh, you're yeah. shooting cases. Yeah. And it depends where you hunt. So I hunt with a buddy named Billy. Uh, we hunt the coast. I don't go with them as much as they go. That is, I don't know if you've ever hunted. Obviously, you, guys, you said you haven't been duck hunting, but if you've ever hunted the coast to Oregon duck hunting, that's some of the most dangerous duck hunting I've ever done in my life. <laughs> you get raining shot. You got tied. Tide changes. You could be seeing the blind, and all of a sudden you got water up to your chest. <laughs> you better get the hell out of there. Uh, but that's what you call you're in over your waders. <laughs> I'll shoot. I'll shoot five buck, five boxes. Shoot seven ducks sometimes because your average shot's forty, fifty yards. Yeah. I mean, it's just how it goes because you're hunting a point or something, and the ducks are coming off the point. You know, that's five boxes going once. Yeah. You know, cheap fifteen dollar box. That's you know what. Yeah. 60 bucks gone yeah. right there exactly sounds like paintballing Let's see, yeah, 60 like... 70 bucks for 500 rounds or a thousand rounds and it's like i didn't do very well with that <laughs> so Be- billy's probably one of the most proficient duck hunters that i know around here that guy shoots probably 100 to 200 birds a year yeah. and i think he goes through four cases probably really mm-hmm. okay so you're definitely you know you can buy him from rogers for 89 90 bucks a case so i mean it's not horrible yeah but i mean that's the thing you know it's like if you love doing it what's money i mean it's just money yeah you're gonna exactly. spend it anyways so you're gonna, spend it anyways. I'm gonna blow it on something stupid yeah. something that you'll enjoy losing money yeah. on yeah i mean this yeah. is something obviously if you're listening to something like this you like to do it yeah so you're gonna spend money to do it oh yeah this is how it goes so yeah I, I like to say I got a good job. That's why I chew coke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't chew coke. That's fire. But I work with them, so. I used to chew coke. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It is what it is. You pick your poisons. And that's the thing. Like, I wanted to buy a boat, but I was like, I can't afford a boat because I shoot sporting clays. I mean, it's just you got to pick what you want to do. Yeah. You know, so I mean. It's I, hard to have a lot of hobbies. It is. And everything's expensive. I don't care what you do. I mean, just for me to play baseball in a season's $400. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's why you play 20 games. Yeah. That's so, more than what, for men's lacrosse, you pay more than that for not even a fourth. Well, of men's games. lacrosse has more action in it. Do people play lacrosse? Yeah. No. Growing sport in the Northwest. Okay. Some really good teams out here. <laughs> All right. It's exciting, I guess. <laughs> it's growing. Yeah. I think I went to one game when we had a professional team, and I ended up watching the NFL out. The Pickles? Uh, Lumberjacks? Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. Oh, yeah, oh you were talking lacrosse. Sorry, I thought yeah. you were talking baseball. If we're going to wrap up really quick, the Lumberjacks are 10 years too early, whoever made that decision. Yeah, I ended up watching NFL out in the – the bar area. Yeah, they got free tickets. So. I've done it too at the Lumberjack. <laughs> oh. I'm not saying the game's bad. It's just, it didn't interest me, and but a lot of people will say that about baseball, yeah. so it is what it is. I love baseball. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Brad, do you got anything for the road? Uh, Any questions, for, comments? You know, I think this uh, competitive shooting in general sounds like something I want to look more into, so it's awesome to kind of get a baseline. Uh, general direction to kind of go because I might not be a sporting uh, competition shooter. I might be a skeet shooter. We'll find out. It's true. I mean, it's there's so many different things you can do, and there's a lot more we can get into it. If you guys want to contact Mark, I will come back, especially if there's ribs and beer. Yeah. What you got for the road, son? Nothing. Got any questions? Nope. No comments. Nope. I'm good.
You want to talk about that turkey you shot again? No. <laughs> what you got for the road, Jeremy? Anything you want to touch on that I didn't ask? Uh, anything to fill in? I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about. Oh, yeah. We really didn't get into ballistics or anything like that. Yeah, we could do an entire loading class for yeah, shotgun. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to... be dope. I do reload, we're not, so... We're not ready for the reloading. Um, we, we are going to have a podcast dedicated to reloading, so it sounds like I might have three or four people that want to be in on that, so we might be able to get... A group of you guys together to, to, first to talk about something to reload yeah exactly <laughs> i think too the best thing too if y'all that are listening want us to do anything talk to mark he's got his information up there and i'm more than happy to come back and talk about whatever you guys want to or if you got want more information or how to get into it yeah I'm awesome. I'm in. Well, thanks for coming on. It was yeah. a pleasure. I learned. I definitely learned a lot. So, um, if we, before we go, uh, our unofficial uh, meat sponsor was uh, ribs by Brad today. They were amazing. They were all right. Yeah. They were good. They were good. They were they nice little kick to them. They're pretty good. That's well, that Traeger barbecue sauce. Yeah. Not yet sponsored. Not yet sponsored. Brought to you by Cruise <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely knocking down some uh, some blue mountains. Yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can get a hold of us at on the horizon with Mark at gmail.com. And if uh, anybody's interested in being on the podcast, got something they want to share, let me know at that same place. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at on the horizon with Mark, and uh, we will catch you next time on the horizon.